Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, welcome back to Buzzing About Romance. Um, It is me, Becky, and for this quick shot of romance, I am joined by podcast contributor Lindsay, and we are reviewing uh, Forest for the Trees by Kilby Blades. This is book one in the Forest Hero series uh, by Smarty Pants Romance. Welcome back to the podcast, Lindsay. Thank you. So happy to be here. Really excited about this book. <laughs> I, I am excited to talk to you about this book, too, because you talked Beard Science and then Solving for Pi with um, Leah. Like you've done Winston Brothers and Green Valley, Tennessee books with Leah, but you and I have never gotten to talk about one. And um, when this chance came up to do this, this book has been on my TBR since they announced the fall sampler, what I think back in July or August, um, for Smarty Pants Romance, just because I love the cover on this book. Yes, I love the cover too. It's so pretty. And I was really excited about this book in particular because... You know, we've got some park ranger series books, but I really was particularly interested in this one because we have not seen a whole lot of like hotshot firefighter type um, people and specifically their role in the parks. And I think it's so relevant um, to a lot of the current events we see now, um, like especially with, you know, last summer, some of the parks being shut down for wildfires and what yeah. does it look like on the other side? Um, really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um... So, okay, read us the synopsis from Goodreads, and then we can get into all the good stuff. Okay. Forrest Winters isn't just a federal fire marshal. He's a thorn in Ranger Sierra Betts' side. The way he swings his big axe, fixes her with his chameleon gray eyes, and talks about his jurisdiction has a way of breaking her concentration. He has a way of showing up everywhere he doesn't belong, including Greenbrier Ranger Station, and he really needs to quit stealing her bacon bites. When a series of suspicious fires, an underhanded coworker, and a cagey parks police chief threaten her job in the park itself, Sierra grudgingly agrees to partner with Forrest. Their side investigation may be her best shot at preventing the framing of an innocent man, but can his firefighting expertise and her detective skills lead them to the real arsonist before Forrest breaks her with his charm? Forest for the Trees is a full-length contemporary romance, can be read as a standalone in his book number one in the Green Valley Hero series, Green Valley Chronicles, Penny Reed Book Universe. So this was released September 28th of 2021. Tropes are co-workers. This is an international relationship. Uh, Sierra's character is a woman of color, and Kilby Blades herself is a woman of color, so it's written by a BIPOC author. Um, and Forrest is the whitest Southern Tennessee boy <laughs> you could possibly have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's so like, at, at moments that was frustrating <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, Sierra is a real bodied heroine. She is fit, but she talks about her curves and being a woman of color. And then, um, this is a small town romance slow burn and there is an element of suspense to this story uh 
point of view for the book is dual point of view. We both get uh, we both get Sierra and Forrest's point of view. Um, now I listened to the audio on this. It is available in Hoopla, and you listen and you read it from Kindle Unlimited, correct? Listen to it um, in any play. Oh, okay. You listen to it on any play. Oh, so yeah. we both did. Okay, the audio narrators. Let's talk about that for a minute. The audio audio narrators for this book were amazing. I loved them. Yeah, I Chris Brinkley. I love his voice, and I, yeah, I agree. This was one of the best audiobooks I'd listened to. I am very particular. I'll listen to audiobooks even when I don't love the narrators, but this is one highly recommend the audio. Like if you're a person who can't read. Um, paperback books and you have like any play or hoopla I highly recommend checking out this book because it's so well done the female and- nam- narrator yes. is Ebony Flowers and she narrated Queen's Move by Kennedy Ryan um, and several other books so she is not new to the audiobook realm but she's amazing like I could listen to her talk all day she was fantastic yeah. Yeah, I agree. Both of their voices. <laughs> well, and Chris Brinkley got that southern twang of Tennessee twang in his mm-hmm. voice. It was so good because in this book, Forrest is such a good old boy, but he's clueless. Like he's a clueless good old boy. He doesn't even know that he's playing into the stereotypical men's club things until Sierra calls him out for it. I so love good. Sierra so much. Well, let's so talk I, about her. Yeah, I do want to say one thing about Kilby Blades. In her Goodreads bio, it says that she likes to ease feminism and equality into her novels. And I think that Sierra was, she's one of my favorite ever heroines in a book. Like she is so well done and so well written. And as a female who loves the outdoors, um, I loved that she kind of recognized what it's like for a female in an outdoor industry, because it is hard. It is really hard and how isolated she felt. And well, there were other pieces in the book too, that I thought Kilby Blades did an amazing job of. So you live in a more urban area, even before your latest move, you lived in a little bit more urban area. I live in a small town in a very white Caucasian land of Ohio. And one of the things that comes up often in our little small town is people of color and the culture that surrounds beauty shops and barber shops and, you know, mothers that have children of color trying to find places to take them to get their hair done and stuff like that. And Kilby Blades did an amazing job in this book talking about how Sierra um, had to go, if she wanted to go into a beauty shop, she had to go an hour to, you know, have her hair done appropriately. So she had to make do and have it done, do it herself in her little cabin in the park. And it just really resonated with me. It just, it was like, it was real. It just, you know, and it's not something you always think about. No, it's not something you always think about, but she gave a lot of voice to those kinds of things with Sierra. And I mean, 
it, like in the outdoor industry, it's very similar. Like there's not a lot of representation for people of color. Um, you know, even in this particular book, like women in particular don't get a lot of. There were only two women in the entire, like in her region. So the mm -hmm. park, the way it's explained in the book is the park is divided in different regions, like north, south, east, west region of the National Smoky Mountain National Park. And in Sierra's region, there's two women in all the staff. That's the park firefighters, the park police force, the rangers, the forest. Even the researchers are mostly men. It's Sierra and her boss. And that was it. Yeah. And then um, one of the things about Sierra, she's got this irrigation system she's worked on. She's really passionate about the work that she does. She cares deeply about the park. She cares deeply about the people who utilize the land. Um, as you see, when she comes across the illegal camper, Jake, and the compassion she has for him, allowing him to live for weeks upon weeks in the park and um, really giving him the benefit of the doubt and the situation and trusting him and her instincts, uh, which is not always something you see women do either in books. Like she, the, to me, like that experience with Sierra, like so strongly trusting her instincts and being so confident in who she is as a person, that is one of my favorite things about her. Well, and she took it situation <laughs> by situation because while she got to know Jake and kind of let him have his thing, there is an incident where she runs into some sorority girls that are camping and there's been a um, burn notice issued, meaning that you cannot have any fires in the park that day. They do not want any fires in the park. And she comes across these sorority girls that are like starting a fire and they act like, oh no, we were given permission. The, the other park ranger told us we could do it. And he didn't, but he didn't stop them either. And the other park ranger was Forrest. Was Forrest. his jurisdiction, which yeah. is her favorite battle to fight. <laughs> um, I think some of the things that I really liked about Sierra, too, were she wasn't afraid to fight for her voice. You know, she was going to be heard. And one of the things that's happening, the underlying suspense in this book is that there have been some fires in the park and they don't know what's causing them and they're burning in a weird pattern also. So, and given the dryness of the park at the time, it's, it's a risk. It could cause like a major uh, wildfire in the park. And um, Sarah has to kind of work with the other Rangers and the police force and Forrest, who's the fire marshal. And she's not afraid to speak up. Like, she questions them, but she's also very aware that nobody's listening to her. And she's also very aware of the situation that not everyone is looking to do their job and do it well. Yeah. But some people are just looking for the easy out to put the case behind them. So she is really determined to fight for justice to make sure that the person they pin the crime on is the right person, not just the easy person. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk about Forrest a little bit. He is a local boy to Green Valley, Tennessee. Um, he grew up in the area. All his family is in the area. Um, <clears throat> he is super laid back, super laid back. 
Um, enough so that he drives me a little bonkers. Well, I think that was maybe a device because he is so comfortable in his position. Um, he obviously has a great deal of privilege and he, you know, he's got the community because, you know, he's, he goes out with the guys he does, you know, he's got his friends and she's kind of left out of the boys club. And I think <coughs> like Sierra gives a lot of voices, um, kind of makes him think differently about the way he's always done things because yeah. he's pretty much ignorant outside of his little bubble. <laughs> Yeah, that was a really neat part in this book where he says, you know, you're not doing anything to endear yourself to the community, meaning the other people that are part of the park ranger service. And she's like, I don't fit in. And he kind of says, well, you could stop and have a drink with us at the bar or why don't you come to poker night? And she's like, I'm a woman. And I'm not from here. And all the things you were saying, you know, she's not invited to go fishing out on their boats for the whole day Saturday, like Forrest does and stuff. And he, he challenges her. He says, well, you know, I'm inviting you. You're not willing to drop in. I'll invite you. And, um, and she goes, but she is very good at reading the room. And I think that goes back to her instincts also, because she very clearly knows, like, I can go this far, but I can't go this far. Or she would have made enemies of the men in the room because there were a lot of fragile male egos in that room. Yes. But she's not afraid to challenge authority either. Like, she she really wasn't and that's one of the things I loved about her she's such a strong female character I loved her so much yeah like I, um, <coughs> she also loves her bourbon <laughs> I loved that all the bourbon references in the book she really loves her bourbon and then um her bacon bites the recipe is in the book so if you want to you have to read the book, but you can get her bacon bite recipe. And these bacon bites are like a plot device, all of their own. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the first thing Forrest loves about her. Yeah. Like, he goes out of his way to make sure he gets her bacon bites every week. Um, they're not for him. She's very clear they are not for him. And she yeah. is not happy he eats her bacon bites. And she knows he eats her bacon bites. But he goes out of his way to do this every single week because they're so good. And it's like the first indication in the book that he really does like her. Like, it's not just an enemy situation. I think part of it, he does it to get under her skin. Like, they really love getting under each other's skin. They, they have great chemistry. It was very it's much like enemies. It's, it's kind of enemies to lovers, but it's not like that pure Don't you think hatred. it's more adversaries to lovers than yeah. enemies to lovers <laughs> and he totally is like the way he needles her and stuff like that it's totally the kid pulling on the girl's ponytails you know he is just doing everything he can to get her attention and she doesn't always respond exactly how he wants her to respond yeah <laughs> it's so funny um there was a great line when so th this is totally a slow burn 
Um, I think it popped at 61%. Um, so slow burn. But there's a great part before they get to that part um, where Forrest kind of shows his possessive masculinity. And um, I, so I highlighted, I wanted to share it. It's Forrest wasted no time circling a possessive arm around her waist as the night itself would see, steal her if he didn't hold on. His beard was soft as it grazed her cheek, but there was something raw and animalistic about the way he avoided her lips at first, nipping her shoulder and inhaling deep as he ran his nose up the column of her neck. Sierra, he whispered, only it wasn't really a whisper, except for the fact that it was quiet, it was desperate and hungry, and it held an undeniable truth. And it was kind of at that moment that she realized, like, she wants him, and he wants her, and this is going places. Uh, yeah, I thought, so one of the things that I thought was, like, their chemistry and their physical relationship kind of parallels the fires. So there's fires, like little fires here and there, and then all of a sudden it erupts. And their chemistry is the same. Like, they have these little, like, spurts of fiery chemistry, and then all of a sudden, like, it just erupts. And it's so... I love it when authors do clever things like that. I don't know if it was intentional, but I love when there's little parallels between what's happening in the book. And then another thing that I loved, I don't think this book could have been a fast burn because so much happened in the book. It was a jam-packed story. And I really loved that. Like, I didn't mind that it wasn't, or that it was a slow burn. Like I didn't need it to pop early. I think it popped at the appropriate place. Um, because you had to get to know Sierra Mm -hmm. because stepping into that relationship with Forrest made her vulnerable and she already felt vulnerable in her job and in her role in the park service that, that was just one more step. And I think that we, it needed to be a slow burn so that we could have those peaks and windows into her to, to know her. Um, and to see what Forrest saw, because he saw all those moments with her. Yeah. And I think too, like without the park being such a huge character in the story, you don't get to know either of them as deeply as you did. And also, oh my gosh, there's a dog. She oh. has a dog, like me and my dog, Everest. This girl and her dog. I just loved that. Like Everest was such a cute part of the story the Baronese mountain dog that lives with her in the park (laughs) service and goes everywhere with her pretty much. Um, She was, yeah. Everest was a delightful addition into that book. There was also another funny line. The banter in this book is fantastic. It is smart. It is witty. Um, It's engaging banter. It was phenomenal, but there's a great part where Sierra calls Forrest out for naming his ax. It was so funny. I was like giggling. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> what? She cuts him no slack. She does not. She does not at all. He is like held. Um, she holds him to a fairly high standard too. Like, and then it kind of comes back and I don't want to spoil anything, but those high standards come back to bite her in her butt when she doesn't fully disclose a couple things going on. I do want to mention the morale support group. (laughs) (laughs) 
oh my goodness, those ladies were a hoot. And then <laughs> I noticed that there's a t-shirt out there that is the design that says the more uh morel support group of green valley tennessee they're mushroom <laughs> oh hunting they're mushroom hunting ladies like old ladies <laughs> they, they were phenomenal <laughs> i need to go check out this t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> right i'm gonna need one um I do want to talk a little bit about Kilby Blades. So this was a new to me author. Our current challenge is a new to me author. Um, and I found her to be, her, her storytelling was incredibly clever. Um, and the way she wrote was really well done. Now I am curious. I do feel like this book read like a smarty pants romance, you know, the cadence, the words, the descriptions, the storytelling, to me felt very within the Penny Reed realm. Mm -hmm. So I want to read something else by her to see if she's one of those authors that can just easily mold into wherever she's writing. So I'm curious. Well, I will be reading more books by Kelby Blades, so I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good deal. Um, okay. So let's do our thing here. Um, did you like this book? I loved it. As a lover of the outdoors, there are not a lot of romances that do it well or include this volume of details about the outdoor industry or the kind of jobs and professions in the outdoor industry. And I thought this was so well done, so relevant um, to current events. Um, I loved her writing style. I just, I love the cute little allusions to the wilderness with the characters like Sierra and Forrest and Everest. Um, anyway, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Lindsay liked the book I too liked the book I really it has been recommended to me several members of the hive have recommended Jenny um and Elizabeth have both constantly said Becky have you read this yet have you read it um and I really did like it and I think that it lived up to all the hype that they have given it so um who do you think would typically like this book I think lovers of enemies to romance nature or people who enjoy a little bit of extra in their story because of the mystery with the fires and what's happening yeah. there. I think it also fits well into the small town style of romance <laughs> writing. Um, and yes, there is some world building within this series or within this book for the whole series, but there's not so many characters. You can't keep track of everybody. So um, I think if you like small town romance too, it totally fits that bill. Um, would you recommend this book? Yes. <laughs> Highly recommend. I really loved it. <laughs> I do too. The audiobook was phenomenal. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, so do you have a book you think we should review for a quick shot of romance? Send us an email at the bees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will add it to our quick shot of romance TBR. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us and reading Forest for the Trees. I'm glad you liked it. Me too. It was so fun, Becky. Talk to you next time. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.